We should have all our meetings in these chairs. Don't fall asleep now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. I should have, uh, have a seat. Zach, you gotta come sit up here. Zach's all dressed up for you. I know. Oh, we should probably close. Is everybody here? Is everybody here? Do you know if Danny's going to come? Come on, you should have put your wig on for today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got your hat? I'm pretty sure I might have one in a box. Oh, Lula. Uh, Lula, she was on the phone with Do you think we're good or should we wait for Danny? Start with you guys' child. <laughs> okay, so everybody knows the purpose of why we're having these, and even though, so part of the reason I wanted to set it up this way. By the way, before anything else, we are recording this because Sean wanted to hear it. So I know we're all talking shit about Sean five seconds ago. But <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. I for a no, we're not. we're not. But somewhere right now, he's listening to this being like, those crazy kooks. <laughs> so part of the reason I want to set it up like this is because we're going to be, we'll probably go through a cycle internally with everybody in our group, and then we're going to expand out and go through different parts of the company to really understand the business better. I will ask a lot of questions, and that's just to trigger the discussion, but if anybody has any questions, just jump in whenever. So before we even talk about your roles, can each of you talk about how long you've been doing production accounting and how you got into it and where you were before? Would you like to start, Sid? It's gonna be a long story. <laughs> okay, we'll start with Zach. Uh, I start, uh, since uh, 10, years. I worked for Otto Guys for uh, one and a half year as a full-time student, and then I started to work here. And before that, you were with PetroChina, is that right? Uh, before that, I worked for uh, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation for business development for one and a half year. And uh, all the rest of my career is with uh, PetroChina. Okay. Yeah. And Sid? I have been doing production accounting for 33 years. I started in 1985. <laughs> and I got in the industry in February 23rd, <laughs> 1979. I um, worked for Oceanic Oilfield Supply, so we sold bits and pipe stems and whatever. That didn't last long. And then I started at BMP Energy for gas chart services. For 10 years I was there. The first six was reading gas charts, and the last four, they moved me into production accounting and taught me all about production accounting. And I've been I worked contract for almost 20 years, so I worked at a lot of little companies, big companies, a lot of companies. So in terms of production accounting, and this is one of the things I was telling Rochelle about is, I'm a little bit nervous about how much I'm gonna be exposed about how little I know about production <laughs> accounting. But so when does, when does it officially start for you? In a monthly cycle, when does it kick off? What is your start of the month? How would you define that? 
I guess the start of the month would be somewhere around the fourth or fifth working day. So fourth or fifth working day, and, and what's the trigger for that? You just that's when we start getting our information from the field um, for all the wells, um, the production. They have to input all their information into production manager. Once that's done, then we have to print it off. We receive our truck tickets or um, receipt statements from third parties. Can we stop right there? Yep. So first of all, is that the same for both gas and oil? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, for some company they have a date set up. See, uh, like they have a process to tell production company say uh, all those data is ready. But we don't, right? We don't have that uh, process. But usually we will start for because I assume like we kind of assume on that day all those numbers could because sometimes they change. So when you say production manager is up to date, can you just talk about what production manager is? Is that something that that people in the field go in and type in numbers, or is it computerized, or how how, how is production? How does information feed into production manager? It depends. Some is SCADA. SCADA. What's that? So it yeah. is a um, field like a field of data. System, yeah. Right? It's all computerized and then it gets downloaded into our system, Production Manager. Um, There's some third parties that come into our facilities that we do the production accounting for. So we have to receive that information. So when we receive that information, that third party is paying us a production manager fee. Sorry, a uh, production accounting fee. Yes. And that's a standard fee or how does that work? It's usually. 400 bucks a month to do production accounting or 500 bucks a month. And is that just because they're feeding into, like, why, why would we have third party, how would that? A lot of that is because, um, so I do the production accounting for the Velvet 15 or 31 because they go through our wolf plant and because they go through our wolf plant it's easier for us to um, have that information, do all the production accounting instead of waiting for them to give us the numbers because it holds us back. So a lot of companies, if you go into their plant, they demand that we're going to operate that well or that facility on your behalf and <clears throat> we're going to charge you $500 a month per well to do that. I guess uh, when it's uh, operated, it's production accounting operated, not necessarily the field operated. Like the, the well could be operated by our field or their field, but we do production accounting for them. So okay. we call it operated well. So for us, well, like <coughs> two kinds of well, right? Operated and non-operated. So then when we roll into June here, it's fourth or fifth day of the month where things really get started for you. That's for the production that just happened in, no, that's going to be production that happened in April, is that we, correct? We're doing April right now. We did all of our splits and everything for the calendar month of April because we do, we report monthly, so we have to wait till the end of April for all the numbers, which means we start doing the production accounting in May. So all the numbers should be there by that point. So in June, we will be doing May. So when, in, when it, but what I'm saying on June 5th, we're doing production as it relates to May, mm -hmm. for May accounting. For accounting month or production month? So it's, let's say it's June 5th today, okay? It's June 5th today. We're booking May accounting. See, this is where this is really good because June 5th, we're all still in May. Well, some of us are still in May. <laughs> so June 5th, when you are doing your PA work and you're getting that information, that's for what just happened in May, correct? Yep. Okay. So then if when it's the 4th or 5th and you're getting started and all the information is in production manager, then what happens next? 
So we just gather all those information uh, ready on our desk, and uh, we kind of go through all those numbers right, to kind of verify all those numbers, make sure it's correct, make sense. If I have a question, we're going to contact uh, the field engineers and uh, whoever receive our volume, make sure all those numbers is uh, correct and uh, relevant, reliable. And then we put into the system to process the numbers. And that system is metrics. Metrics, yes. So metrics is the official PA system. For our company, we use metrics, which is the production accounting system. We used to be on Prism, mm -hmm. and there's three or four other systems out there also. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, what's the difference between metrics and metrics? Okay, so. Our production accounting system is where we gather all of our numbers, input them into metrics, and it processes and does allocations and um, does the splits. That's um, my next question, so yeah. keep that. Um, Petronex, what that is, is it's a government-funded um, program that, in the old days, we used to have to mail all of our volumetrics, um, SAFOAFs basically, we used to have to mail them into the government by a certain date. And now, with all companies have to report into Petronex, so it's all gathered all in one place. And what's so nice about that now is I can go into somebody else's battery and see what all their wells are doing or who owns it, or whereas we never had that opportunity before. So I can get more information out of that system than I ever could before. And that's been in effect since September 2002. So in using metrics. Actually, it's weird. My next question was when did that take effect? I'm kidding. What time did that happen? When you say we're doing the metrics rollover, because I've heard you say that before, mm. what does that mean? What, do you, what you're rolling over to the next month? You're, what are you rolling over? So we're just completing, so when we do metrics rollover, say next week or the last day of the month, we've completed all of our um, production accounting in metrics. We've got all of our numbers our volumetrics, SAFs, um, splits, everything. So basically we're closing that month and rolling over into the new month. And what that does is if we have any closing inventories, oil, products, whatever, it rolls over into the next month and shows it as an opening inventory. And, uh, so we just start a new month. Right? Yeah, and we start fresh. You were, were you mentioning that you were, you look at the figures to verify that they make sense to you. What are some of the common things that would uh, mean that um, those figures are, are wrong? So basically we have to, we go through all of our truck tickets, like one by one, and Zach gets a stack of them. I don't. <laughs> Can we just take a time out on truck tickets quickly? Truck tickets relate to oil and liquids only or do you have truck tickets as well? I have truck tickets for condensate. Because um, condensate's a liquid that we truck away whereas the, the gas is, goes through. Goes through pipeline. Oh, okay, so it's like physical delivery. Yeah, so the truck comes into the facility, hooks up to the, the tanks, um, and a load is usually around 30, 36 cubic meters of oil, we'll say and then they truck it to a facility. So for oil, you can't put it into pipeline unless it's clean oil. So no water, no sand, nothing. So we take it to, for me, mostly goes to Turvita where they clean it and then they put it into pipeline. So we're not pipeline connected because our product is not clean enough. Um, we'd have to clean it ourselves. So it, the Which truck, is not uncommon. Yeah. Okay. So, the, 
So the truck comes in, takes it over to, to, to Tervita, they clean it, and then they put it into pipeline? And same thing for Manvo, right? Yeah, I, I deliver to uh, Gibson. So if you deliver to Gibson, it's supposed to be uh, clean oil. So if it's not clean, we just deliver to one of our tank that is have that capacity, cycle down a little bit, and then deliver to Gibson. But back to your question, uh, basically we do two things. Number one, we kind of do trending, right? Like each yeah. month you see this well, I every month they produce 100, but this month it's 300. So we can call our engineer, all the field guys, this issue. And the other one is like uh, we have our, uh, all those information source, like a production manager, I got all this number from there. And uh, Gibson have, have their own source, they have their like a production manager, something like not, not necessarily the same name. So they, their number and us and our number should have the same list of it's uh, all too much So basically Tervita, Miwalta, Gibson, all these people that receive our oil, they're a third party. Um, now I forget where I was going with this. But we have to if we say we shipped 40 cubes of product and Trevita says they received 38 cubes of product, we have to go by their number because it was going into their inlet, basically. So what they say, we have to use. And if it's wrong, then we figure that out later. But they, it's like TransCanada or Nova. If they say they received 40, that's what they get. Um, that's what we have to use, and they're always right. They're never wrong, apparently. <laughs> so we have to we have to work back to their numbers. So if we say we produced 150 in production manager, but we have to work back to Tervita's numbers, then so basically production manager is just an estimate hmm. because the field guys, they don't have those actual numbers that we use. <clears throat> so that's what, that's what you're saying when you, you, you look at the receipts. Mm -hmm. And so if there is that difference, and would you say that you run into that every month or um, once a year, is that standard, or how, how often does, is there that, that break between the two numbers? Well, part of the reason we do go through the, I do go through the truck tickets is if our field guys call for a, a tanker, a truck to come in and take our product, and if they have to travel 40 kilometers or 100 kilometers to the cleaning terminal, if they don't get that into that terminal system before eight the next morning, it's considered the next month. So our guys say it went out, mm -hmm. but these guys say it didn't receive it. So I have to manipulate inventories all the time. When you say manipulate inventory, what well, does I have that to add like? back that truck ticket into sort of I just manually add it into production manager to say, okay, well, if my closing inventory was ten, but I have thirty that didn't make it into the terminal, then I my closing inventory is going to be 40 now. So then when you roll over, it'll show up. Yeah. Got it. Okay. The question I've been dying to ask for five years. <laughs> what the hell is a split? <laughs> it's not a gymnastic thing, no. <laughs> what, just, are we there yet, or do, is there more that you do before you get to split territory? Well, that we have to gather everything before we can do our split, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. There's um, our DOIs, so say division of interest, working interest. So say um, Conoco and ourselves are a fifty-fifty split, and Conoco decides they want to take their product in kind. So, um, and and the DOI says it's fifty-fifty. So that's in our system for that well, and we set up our masters to show 
this company is going to take in kind. So when we process everything, it'll automatically show Conoco is going to take in kind their 50%, and this is our 50%. So what we sell. Can I ask you a question about that? So when you say take in kind, it means they take the product versus us paying them for the product. They correct? believe that they can get a better price for their product instead of going through us and or waiting for a joint venture billing before they see their dollar amount. So I often, I understand the principle of taking kind, but I don't understand how it works. And this is how it works in my head and tell me where I'm wrong. You just call them up and you're like waiting on the at the end of a dirt road and you're like, hey, I got your oil. Come pick it up. No. Is that close? No. Because how it, does it work? How does it? How does taking kind work? It's kind of a marketing. Well, it's, it's marketing. They the company has to give thirty to sixty days notice to a company, so they send a letter to marketing and say, um, we're going to take our fifty percent share in kind. Our purchaser is going to be whoever gives in whatever. Um, and so when you do your splits, I have to tell, when I do my shipper splits, I have to tell them that Conoco's taking that product in kind and not to pay us. Yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's, that's the best way to, to explain it. So if, uh, if, it, if they are not taking kind, the split just tell the uh, terminal, say, it's hard to us. Yeah. If, uh, if they're taking kind, say they're going to tell uh, 50 for perpetual and 50 for conical. So that is that, that's how uh, the, the split does for taking kind volume. It's basically your working interest share you're going to take your product in kind, but it all goes in the same truck to the cleaning terminal. It all goes all together. It's just we tell the purchasers how much they get for which company. And so then each of the companies who has oil at the terminal each has a marketer yep. who gets assigned that those units and then there so at one terminal we could have our marketer as what trafigra is that correct yeah but there could be another marketer there too yeah. well not physically <laughs> not there? physically okay. there yeah. it all depends on who um they use as their marketer like it all goes to the same place okay it's just we have to divvy it up this company and this marketer this company and that marketer um, and then those marketers will pay them directly instead of us. Like if we took it 100%, they would pay everything to us, and then we have to pay the working interest owner. And then that comes through a gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes longer, right? A month and a half, two months sometimes. That's why multiple companies, we want to take in kind. We want to get their fast. So, so that's a working interest owner. So for oil, we have the Crown, APMC, Alberta Petroleum Marketing Commission. So they have decided that they are going to take their product in kind, their royalty percentage in kind. So we have to report the, the royalty portion to APMC. So we say, okay, if this is an oil well, it's 100% crown, so they get, I don't know, whatever percent it works out to be. Um, we'll say 5%. So this well has 30. 50% uh, of that is Conoco and Perpetual. Of that, um, Conoco and Perpetual has to give their proportionate share to the Crown. And then the Crown takes it, market it, markets it on their own behalf. And I have heard that before. I mean, we saw it in, in, we saw it in the Edson JV. And what confuses me is I've heard 
Correct. So APMC takes in kind. That's oil, not condi. So just for oil. Just for oil. Just for oil. But then I've also heard that with the Edson JV, we didn't take in kind because they're like, how can you take in kind on oil? What's that all about? Edson JV, there is no oil. Well, there's those. There's three wells, the 236, 6 to 36, and 14 to 36. Those are oil wells. They were drilled as oil wells. The rest of the wells in the Edson area are gas wells. And gas wells produce condensate, and oil wells produce oil. And so if those wells that have been defined, or yeah, defined as oil wells, mm -hmm. um, we would be assigning taking kind volumes to APNC on those. Yeah. And so who ultimately decides whether it's an oil well or a gas well? Because I know we've had that switch before. Yes, government. I'm not sure how they define it. Because I know you do drill a well and say, well, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an oil well. And then all of a sudden, a year or so later, based on information the government gets, they say, nope, sorry, it's a gas well. <laughs> now you have to go back, fix all your, your um, information okay. that was in Petronax, change it, pay the government or whatever. Yeah, it, it's... It's a mess, and Waskahegan was, was it Waskahegan? Was a gas well, and they changed it to an oil well. 16 to 36? Yeah. That just happened? Yeah. Oh, not just. It happened about two years ago. And what it's they still... they just change it? What does that mean? If it's gas, it's gas, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm confused yeah. no. about. No, like, I don't know how they change that or why they change it, but... But was it never gas? But they could have hit. Like, I know. I know. They could have hit the wrong. Um, so they were going so for formation. gas. Yeah, the wrong formation. That, yeah, they like thought they were going to drill an oil well, but it ended up being a gas well. Because even even oil wells have gas associated yes. gas, right? And then predominantly gas wells have condensate, which is uh, from a molecule standpoint, unlike light oil, right? Well, it's, it's richer than oil. Sweeter. Sweeter, yeah. Because I have a some, I have one well has oil well, but you're talking about the, like this between this oil well or gas well sometimes. I kind of hear it's uh, uh, several factors, like uh, one is like formation, you, you drill at uh, a gas formation. Um, all the gases from casing gas, and also some like oil uh, density. Like, like if it's like really really light oil, it's condensate mm -hmm. oil, and also like the oil gas ratio. I don't exactly know. I think it decided. could be based on the analysis, yeah, or yeah. like every well has to have a gas oil analysis. <coughs> so. One, once all your information is into metrics and you start, so you start doing your splits after you've verified um, truck tickets, receipts, all that, right? Mm -hmm. So you start doing your splits. What, when you say splits, what's the difference between your splits and I've also seen uh, like pipeline splits? What's that? Or is it the same? It's is that the same. used interchangeably? No, it's always split on the gas. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we have oil, oil and gas basically. So, so if it's an gas, oil it's, deadline, a, it's a pipeline split. An oil deadline is around the tenth of the month. To get your splits in. To get the splits in, the gas deadline is around the eighteenth of the month for Alberta. Don't get me started on Saskatchewan. <laughs> anyway, um, because the product all goes into pipeline basically. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, yeah. So yeah. pipeline splits just means who the marketer is, whose product is it, and how much. Okay, so then when you do, what's, what is the difference between your splits and what you refer to as SAF-OAF? And let me start that by, what is SAF-OAF? SAF-OAF is stream allocation factors and owner allocation factors. So, 
Um, hmm. So the owner allocation factors is uh, you have a facility, a battery or a plant, and all the wells that feed into that facility. So you have to list for each well, each owner and what their portion was. So, so Conoco Perpetual, when I do my SAFOF for that well, I have to say 10 was Conoco, 10 was Perpetual. So that way, I don't have to do a split letter like we used to in the old days um, because now they can pull all that information off of Petronex and I don't have to give it to them. <clears throat> so, so that they can book, so that they know what they should be receiving and book the correct dollars or see how much they're supposed to get. So I think there are two uses of uh, ICFOIF. One is the government, one is the, the one says that's like the, the Working industry. interest owners. Yeah, so when they book revenue, they need to know um, how much uh, uh, dollar, uh, the, the volume and the GG from each well. Okay. And the government need to know the wells, uh, the sales for each Production. well. Yeah, to calculate the royalty. The gas royalty or the oil royalty. And so, in most cases, should your splits, your split percentages, be equal to your SAFOFs, or is there ever, yes. is there ever an instance where they're not? They, they're connected, right? They, they are connected. Are okay. Connected. It's not the same thing, but they, they, they came out from the same uh, result of our processing, mm -hmm. right? But SAFOF is the uh, information we provide provide to the patronize to the industry and the government. So they can do their job. Uh, split is just for the sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the sales to the industry, to the partners and uh, shippers. So Petronex is also used for um, for other companies or um, users to download all that information into their own system. So what's that? Well, um, so the engineers use Acumap. But, so, in Petronex, it's real time, like real reporting time. Acumap downloads that same information about two months later. And, and why is that? Why is it two months? I don't know. It's just a, it's a, just a lag. Um, and Indian Oil and Gas downloads the information. Um, who else? I can't think of anybody right now, but all these other industry government agencies or um, like Acumap, they download all that information that's in Petronex. So everybody has access to it. So it's all publicly available information on how much is being produced at any given time? Yeah, unless it's a confidential well. So if it's a confidential well, you can still look at what the well produced for a given month but there's no hours against it. So a company doesn't know, if I'm looking at your well and I see it produced a thousand decks of gas, but it doesn't say how many hours it produced for, that could have been one hour or 24 hours. I have no idea. So they can't really tell what your, like it's confidential for three or six months or. And why would a well be confidential? Because you, you I'm assuming you just wouldn't want other parties to know yeah. what you're doing in that area. Yeah. And so why would it, why would any wall not be confidential? Why would you assume that? Like it's not a it's most people opt for like a confidential well and when they do exploratory drilling. Yeah. When it's does it automatically go like when you if we drill a new well is it confidential for the first six months? No. By default. You have to apply. You have to. I don't know. If Right that the would be more for operations. Yeah, yeah. They that's weird. Why would the government uh, these wells are confidential? Otherwise, it's just uh, public. Everybody can see everything. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, your splits are done, and is that like a milestone in the month for you? <laughs> yes. Okay, so splits are done. We did cheering. <laughs> yes. Which is the 
tenth day of the month for oil, and you said sorry, eighth day. Eighteenth. Oh, eighteenth. Like today was gas split day. I got my last gas split in yesterday. So this was your gas split day for the month of April. Yes. Okay. And so when you get all your splits in, um, how do you know that you're complete? Like, what is your, I guess, reconciliation that says I'm done everything? Well, once, once all your splits are in, you're basically done your volumetrics. That's my next question. So volumetrics come after all splits deadlines have been met and complete. And then what we have to do is upload our information from metrics for volumetrics into Petronex. And that deadline is yeah, around the 20th of the month, give or take. Okay. So we have to have that information in Petronex by the 20th or we are penalized and we don't want any government penalties because depending on an error, so it also helps us to see what errors, what may be missing. Um, it could be $100 for a month for a well that wasn't reported. It could be five, $100 a day for a well if you don't report it. It could be $500, it could be $1,000, depending on the error. So we have to make sure there are no errors. And, and Zach does that for the volumetrics. He goes through, it gives us, Petronex gives us a warning report the day before uh, the volumetrics are due. And he goes through everything and he makes sure that everything that might be off a little bit, like just a, a, a difference, that it, it won't trigger an error. And it, no, penalties. no penalties, yeah. We could have like flare, fuel vent, right. could be a difference. Oh, your gas is 5% and you've got between 5 and 25% with no penalty. If it's over 25%, you got to pay. For the for deadline, why is it so important for us for oil metric? It's just like a oil metric is 6, 6 p.m. or 4 p.m.? Uh, might be six or nine p.m. I'm not sure. Right. So at that time, I don't work that late. <laughs> even, even you, you, you can't figure out everything. You have to, you have to have a, like a clean submission. Like everything, you run the report. There's no error trigger uh, penalty. You, you can just sometimes you can't figure it out, but you still need to put the number there and uh, make it work, and afterward, tomorrow back, morning, you can just amend it. Go back and amend the but next day. if you day. don't do that, then like a, you got a penalty, like $500 gone. You've already spent a lot of time and effort in the field to make a $400, $500 income, but it's so easy for us. If we don't do something right, we can just use the cash. Mm -hmm. so that's why that line is so important for us. There it is. <coughs> Still a bit confused about um, what exactly volume metrics are. So you're saying that it's information that you're uploading from metrics into Petronex, um, but wasn't that done at the, the beginning of the month? Wasn't there a deadline we, to upload some? No, we, at the beginning of the month? No. Oh, we, okay. we get the information from Production Manager, which is a field data capture system. That, and that's around the 5th. We print all those reports, go through them, um, and then our splits are due on the 10th. So we have to have all of our production, all of our sales, everything complete and reported by the 10th of the month. And then the next step is gas splits, and then the next step is volumetrics. So then we have to load from, so we went from production manager to metrics, and then we have to load everything into Petronex. Okay, sorry, yeah, I just Yeah, no, they all sound yeah. the same. <laughs> so it's, it's deadline, deadline, deadline. We have a lot of different deadlines during the month. But then once you have that final Petronex load, then it's amendment time? Yeah, that's what I'm working on today. Okay, we'll jump into that in the amendments in a sec. 
One of the things I wanted to ask you about was sometimes I see these wonderful discs end up on your desk, the gas reading charts. Oh. So what are what are the purpose of those uh, relative to PM or a production manager or any sort of SCADA feed-in system? What what are the gas charts? What do they do? <laughs> so a what a gas chart is, it's as big as an LP for those of us that grew up on LPs. Can we just a little hole in the middle. It looks like a record. Well, which now we have CDs. Yeah. It's like like a pizza, basically. And what that does is they have what they call a meter on the the pipe of so what it does is it measures the production of the gas as it's going through the pipe. So um, you've got um, inches of water and pounds. Differential, differential and pressure. Differential is water, pressure of the gas that's going through the pipe at the time. And it measures um, the production. So once that, that's either a 24-hour cycle, a monthly cycle, a weekly cycle, then the guys in the field take those charts off the meter, pack them up, send them to a company like ZI or Critical Control where they read, because the calculation is humongous. Like, you can't do it manually. <laughs> um, to calculate the temperature, the water differential, the pressure, everything. Um, so they have a, a calculation, they read the charts, and they calculate and say, okay, this one chart produced 30 decks of gas. So when I said earlier, production manager is an estimate, they have a gas number in there, what they think the gas is, and they might say it's 25 or 35 decks of gas. But government has stated that if you have a gas chart, then the gas chart is the actual number. It's not an estimate. SCADA is all electronic measurement, is what that is. And so if we, does every wall have a gas chart? No. What differentiates between whether or not they'd have one? Did you Money. answer that other one? Money? <laughs> yeah. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Why did the charts sure. come to you, Sid? Because I used to read these gas charts. But they they, they go to critical control first, they uh -huh. read them, they email the reports to Zach, because only Manville Wells have gas charts, and then they just send the charts to me, and I throw them in a box and store them for seven years. Yeah, exactly. It's a gas chart is a legal document. It is a legal so document. To, like, uh, lastly, we need to keep it for seven years. Seven. Seven years. Before. We've decided seven. Sir Jordan, do you have a question? I was going to say, so when you say whether or not a gas chart exists, it's taking money to me in terms of its... Because sometimes it's cheaper for to have this meter okay. on on the pipe than it is to bring in SCADA, because that's more money. But, but here's where I'm confused. So this gas chart sounds like a very tedious process. Mm -hmm. And they've been threatening for 30 years to get rid of gas charts, but they never have. So y y the gas charts that come in from Manville, you get gas charts every month? I guess I, I got a reading from gas chart from Every month. I don't, I, don't, I don't actually use the gas charter unless I have some problem with the numbers. So they send me a statement. Say they. Do you want me to get one? Yeah, they. They, they send me a statement. Say they, the, the well produced 70, uh, 720 uh, hours and produced uh, 10 bags gas. I say it's okay. And I just use that statement. If uh, I feel like the number is uh, wrong, I will get the guy's charge. So are they that timely though? What? Like, yeah. w w are you gonna get, are May's gas charts gonna be, like are you gonna get reports for May mm -hmm. that quick? 
the child will be like a, I can electronically see it online. So these are weekly charts? Yeah, these. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what this means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Oh, no, that one. So <laughs> I don't know. The red line is your uh, water differential. The blue line, if you can see it, <laughs> is your pressure, pounds per square inch. And sometimes there's a green line. That is a temperature, but these ones don't have temperature lines. Um, so in the middle, this is what they call the hub, and that's where all the information is put. What date it went on, what time it went on, what day and time it came off. And the field guys pulling up? Yes. Um, and then Critical control supplies this little barcode, and that barcode, you have, they have to make sure it's on the right chart, tells them all the rest of the information, like the analysis, um, orifice size. Like this one is 0.375 orifice. So that is, that's a metal plate in the pipe that the gas goes through. So the orifice could be this big or that big. So they also need to know the orifice size to get a correct view. Why are these so light? Yeah, I don't understand. Because they don't put enough ink in the pen. That's, <laughs> that's the only reason. So how, so how do they read it if there's no ink on it? Like, I feel like I should be telling them. This one's unreadable. You can't do anything with that. So, did you pay for that? So what happens is if there's no reading, so this one has a gap here, there's no reading, but it was probably only on for six days instead of seven. And another reason would be they ran out of ink. Then the field guys are supposed to go in there and estimate huh. the pen. To they to are supposed to draw a line. Is that, is that actual collection? Is that going to be collection? Well, that's, yeah. And, yes, and, and so how, like, what, what kind of machine makes like, is this like a, Oh, well, a meter is just like this big. And they put the chart on, and it just, it's on a clock cycle. Yeah. And the chart spinning. spins around, yeah. and the pens are going like this, depending on what the product is doing. And it just reads it that way. It just keeps going and going and going. So, I know you haven't seen that, but well, no, that... This is you. Yes, it is. <laughs> In 1984. I used to do so, that as a living. So what do you mean? You this, is a, like, this is what you did every day? Yep. How to read the chart. It's like a, you sewing have a, a pedal, so. like a sewing machine pedal. Right. You have your differential in this hand, your pressure in this hand, and the pedal operates how fast you're going to spin after, the turntable. And after an entire cycle, you get a automatic. Yeah. So, I mean, like, was that like, do people still, is there still jobs for that day? <laughs> they don't have those kind of machines anymore. They scan them now. This job is non-existent. Oh, well, no, they still do read some charts manually. And you didn't want to get into being a DJ after this with all the <laughs> <laughs> So another question for you uh, on the gas side. Um, and I've got questions for you coming, Zach. Can I ask a question first? Yeah. So all this is to measure the volume of gas that we're... How much using. gas was produced at a particular well? Right. So the options are to use SCADA or these gas charts when we're um, yeah. measuring the volume. But these gas charts, they're, um, they don't, we don't get the information on these gas charts until after the fact. Depends on how good you have your field guys trained. They right. can either, so the beginning of a day is 8 o'clock in the morning. And the end of a day is 7.59 the next morning. So uh, an operator will have 30 wells they have to go to and change charts. So they won't get there at eight o'clock for every well. So that's why they write the time on there. 
to say I changed this chart at 7.35 in the morning or 9.10 in the morning. So that's why they have to write their time on there. Sometimes they don't get to it till the next day, so it runs over. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, so that's why you have the date and time on there. So if they run over, you can usually see where it ran over and you just read that extra portion. And then all of this information goes into production management? Um, it, it can go into production manager, not usually. We just get the uh, printed reports uh, with a, a grand total number for the month, and that's the number we use. And this is before the, the 10th? No, it's the before the 18th. Before the 18th. Over at the cast it's the 18th, right? Yeah. Um, so then if, uh, if these are then sent off to critical control, um, and they have a difference on it, so does that mean that we have a lot of differences in our gas production number? What do you mean a difference? Or if they if they read that that chart and certify it at a different number, oh, um, then does that? Well, I guess ha and also before they certify, it, we have the ability to read these our ourselves, I guess, to an extent, and that's our estimate. We can estimate it. Okay. Um, if if you do a few thousand of these after a while, you look at it and you say, oh yeah, that's thirty six cubes. Uh, 36 steps, yeah. <laughs> like, you just know. Yeah, yeah. So, Wait, you can do that from these red squiggly lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on temperature, differential, pressure, orifice. Um, some of these charts are 100 by 500, 100 by 100, 100 by 1,000. It all depends on all these different variables. So our, our tolerance threshold is higher for gas and Petronax than well, we, we also, the field guys estimate, so if they say 50 and critical says 45, well, you know, that's probably close enough, right? But if it's like 350 and 50, then something's wrong. Are we wrong? Are they wrong? Usually I use the critical control number because that's their profession, profession activity. Mm -hmm. They charge to send all the gas volume. My production manager gas number is not that reliable. It's just an estimate. So, question for you, similar but different: uh, gas analysis charts or readings or reports. AGAT. AGAT reports. AGAT reports. Gas analysis. How often do you get those? What's the purpose of them? Um. So for. My wells, which have um, propane, butane, pentane, condensate, um, ethane, because they're gas wells, we need to know, uh, we have a gas analysis done when the well first comes on because the metric system, based on the analysis, breaks out how much um, ethane there is going to be or how much how much gas, ethane, propane, butane, pentane, based on those percentages and factors. So some wells, once a year, I get new gas analysis. I think same for Manville. Yeah, Usually depends. about a year. Um, Directive 17, based on AER, tells you if it's a gas well or conventional, conventional or whatever variable. It's like a year, three years, seven years, depending on the type of well, if it's prorated, measured. It's a lot of information. So basically, the more production developed, produced, the more, the more open you need to do analysis. I can't remember the number, like from zero production to 30 user inventories, you need to do analysis maybe a year. And also, if there's any changes out at yeah. the plant, you might want to redo an analysis. My gas plant at Wolf, we do a uh, gas and liquid analysis every month because at Wolf, we what we call recombine. So we know what our condensate number is and we know what the gas 
estimate is, and we recombine that. So if we have 25 gas and 10 condi, all of a sudden now it's been put together, and now we have 35 raw gas. So that's all the liquids included. So condi and all the other liquids included in this new number. So that's what I have to do every month. Um, quick follow-up question to that, and I'm, I, I am just about done with questions here. If anybody needs to leave at 3.30, go for it. Um, there's been, there's a, always a break between uh, production and sales. Production volumes, sales volumes. Can you talk about that variance and what causes that? So all of your manville is heavy oil. We do not have to keep track of the tank inventories. Um, but for me, they gauge the tank. Sometimes it's just like putting a wooden stick down in the tank and saying, yep, there's this much oil and water. So that's the inventory, right? So they know how much. And literally, that's how they do it. I know. So, so we keep track of inventories because if we say we put 30 cubes into a tank and we ship 20, there should be 10 left in the tank. So that would be our inventory that was produced in that month. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> What's the uh, difference? Difference between produced uh, sales volumes and produced volumes, but, but in particular, when you talk about gas, how you have um, flare or... Vent, flare, fuel. Yeah, what are all those? We have to record all of that. So, um, difference between production is a well-produced so much product and the government, the Crown wants to know what the produced number is because that's what they base the, the Crown royalties on. So we have our production, we have inventories, and we have sales. So the sales would be uh, production plus opening inventory minus closing inventory is equal to sales. So that's that's where the difference is. Gas would be product, produced and disposed are the same number, but for oil, other products, based on inventories, they're different numbers. But if it's only produced for, we keep track monthly. So if it produced this much this month and sold this much, the difference is inventory. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, something different. I often see the transportation allowances. What's that all about? It's the uh, government portion of uh, trans mm. transportation cost. So it's really uh, for oil. So when they uh, truck oil from our uh, well site to the terminal, there's a cost associated, right? So the government say, uh, they're gonna pay our share. Their uh, fair share. Because they get taken kind of volume, so right. they're, yes. uh, right. they're gonna pay their fair share. And it's only on clean. Okay. We can't, if it goes straight to pipeline or terminal, they will pay their fair share of trucking. Mm -hmm. If it goes to a cleaning plant first, they don't pay that trucking cost. It has to be clean and only to a terminal or a pipeline. And Zach, another thing I see on your entries is what you call fuel buyback expense, or yeah, fuel buy buyback fuel expense. That's like uh, our internal internal decision because. Uh, uh, we, uh, our oil, uh, we will have oil batteries and uh, shallow gas batteries, right? But most of our oil battery, uh, not most, like a lot of our oil battery, they produce gas less than they consume. And, uh, and they are uh, pipeline connected. So that means they actually take uh, gas, sale gas uh, from the, uh, sales pipeline 
and uh, burned as a fuel. So, uh, um, so um, like financially, it's, it's kind of the uh, auto, auto battery actually cost, uh, uh, spend the gas uh, sales from the gas battery. So that we basically buy back fuel from the sales and uh, use as our fuel at the auto battery. So we actually uh, on the financial side, we book uh, expense, uh, fuel expense at the uh, auto battery side, and the book, uh, book uh, fuel income at the gas, uh, yeah, the, the, the gas battery side. And also the, the government actually charged you like, they, they, they assume that you have a sales at the, uh, from the gas battery side, so they actually charge the gas royalty. They treat as the, like the regular sales to TCPL too. Hmm. Two, two last questions. One is, um, amendments take up a lot of both of your time. Um, what triggers an amendment? It could be anything. It could be, it could sometimes, or a lot of the time is you're hurrying, hurrying, trying to get, meet your split deadline, and you get all your numbers in, send it off, and then the next day you're like, oh, damn it, I forgot to show fuel. I sh forgot to take this number out, or whatever, but you can't change your split. Once it's in, that's it. Um, so then the next month, you're going to reopen it and redo it. You change your split. And change your split. So that's sometimes what happens um, with Bonavista and Talisman, uh, Repsol. They had an audit done, and, um, and four years later, the auditors found that they were using old analysis. Even though they were using an analysis, but they had a new one that they weren't using. So then they made them change a whole year of splits, which is what I've been working on. And, and they do that to all the partners that come into their plan. So we all have to do this. They either pay us money or take it back. So there's that or... So what, what's it uh, just that? Uh, like this is like a really important thing in production accounting world because all our work is linked to all those in the, it's like the, it's all the partner in, in the industry. That's why I said the spread and deadline is so important because you make a mistake, you affect all those people uh, behind you. Like you send the wrong spread to Colonel uh, Phillips and they, they use that number. There might be some uh, other people behind the Colonel Phillips. They need to send a split to other company, like maybe five companies. And the other company maybe send a, a split based on your number. So you made a mistake, and uh, next month you amend it. All those people need to amend it. And the thing, too, is because the prices are so volatile every month, right. if you make a mistake, so we're doing April. If I make a mistake in April where we're getting $400 a cubic meter for Condi, and I fix it in May, I'm gonna get the May price, not the April price. So if May is 350 instead of 400, I've just lost money twice because now I had to fork out the time to do all these amendments. Sometimes you can make money, yes. It depends on if the price is going up or down. Yeah, but how do you know what it's gonna <laughs> what it's gonna do? We don't have that type of um, yeah. Last question <laughs> I'll ask, which is which is not a technical question, but what is something that the rest of the accounting department does or can do to make your life easier, or currently does that makes your life hell? that we need to stop doing? I think I've trained you all well to know that <laughs> <laughs> when it's split time, nobody bugs us. <laughs> so leave you alone during split time? Mostly, because we hardly come out of our office during split time. 
Right. Like this week is a slow week. We have no deadlines really. So we get caught up on other things. Then you bug us. And then I bug you, yes. Well, yeah, but I usually have all my my splits for oil, gas products all done on the 10th because that's when they're due for me. And I do my volumetrics and upload my volumetrics and SAFOEA all at the same time. Yeah, but Zach has to wait because he has a gas split and he gets. I'm good. The panic comes out in of late. water because I because yeah. all eight water injection facility that I don't have time until I finish all my gas plate. So gas plate is usually like 18, and the volumetric is 20. So after my gas is done, I just water and have like uh, to finish all those wa water number. But the water number, the good thing about water is uh, yeah, you can you can just make a mess and uh, you amend it. Uh, so no, I don't think really, um, everybody's pretty good. We don't get a lot of queries, but I mean, if I say I'm busy, I won't get to it next week. I really won't get to it until next week. So. Really well. I got a lot of pressure from Bob recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other questions before we wrap up? Has this PU helped you yeah. <laughs> understand? It's it's very complex. I'm just gonna pause the recording and then